The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Ah, good morning, everyone. Well, what timing. Look at that. I was about to start, I was about to start talking. Go ahead, Teach. Go ahead. Oh, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> I, had to, I had to change uh, tabletop. Ryan Humphrey, did he run you off again? Or no, 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 no. So I, uh, in the last uh, segment, I noticed some uh, hotel workers were kind of uh, looked like they were setting up for breakfast or something kind of around where I was. And they said they got a meeting coming in there in uh, a little bit. So I just kind of moved on down so I'd be out of their way. So. No, no Ryan Humphrey. Just trying to stay out of the law- way of the lawyers. <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got some lawyers coming in for a meeting this morning, and I don't want to uh, upset them. So Don't get sued over your location. Just, I just moved about 20 feet. That's all. But, yeah, we're good. Good morning, everybody. Hour 2, T-Row in the morning show. Toby and TJ back with you. I'm in Waco. He's in Norman. It's a working man Wednesday. This show brought to you every day by Riverwind. Sooners and Bears coming up tonight, 8 o'clock here. Uh, women with a glorious comeback last night. 98-92 in overtime. Huge win for them. Ana Yanusa 20. Skylar Van, 20. TJ, they had 26 assists in that game. That is a huge number. 26 assists. OU is now... 19 and 4 on the year and 9 and 3 in the Big 12. And uh but they were did you uh, did you watch any of that? I, I was time? following along on Twitter cuz I was watching right. the uh TCU State game and then flipping to Thunder once it started and the president and I had a lot going on last night. Oh, you took in the state of the union last night. Oh, uh, part of it, Look yeah. Look at you. Part You've of it. become so politically active now. I love it. <laughs> That's not po- changed that roles. Is, that is not true. I just was flipping past oh, it from time to time so I could roll my eyes. In the 20 years since we've done this job, we've completely become opposite <laughs> individuals of each other. TJ couldn't have told you who the president was 20 years ago. Now he's all over it. He's going Might to city council to meetings. He's voting. He's doing all kinds of stuff. Um, I didn't see a single uh, second of the State of the Union, nor do I care to. Uh, I'm going to guess, TJ, that Democrats liked it and Republicans didn't. Am I close? You're pretty close. close. You're pretty close. Oh, wow. I'm really good at that game. One thing I get, regardless of political affiliation, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, previous presidents, current president, the uh, constant standing after like uh, each sentence, like I'm just like, yeah. just stay sitting down, let let it go on for a little while, and then standing clap drives me nuts. Yeah, well then don't watch it, teach. I know, I probably shouldn't. I'm gonna guess uh, afterwards, uh, Fox thought it was terrible, and MSNBC and CNN thought it was great. I, I was close? I was on the games at that Am point, so, but I'm guessing you're probably okay. right. Very yeah, good. all right. <laughs> 
Yeah, the women were down all night. All night. In fact, they never led until overtime. And uh, down five with 20 seconds left. They made a uh, layup. I think it was Nevaeh Tot hit a layup to cut it to three. Then Ana Yanusa stripped the ball on the inbounds pass. Looked like she was going in to try to score a two to get within one. And at the very last second, kicked it out to Taylor Robertson, who has never been more wide open in her career, Teach. Like, that had to be a weird feeling for her. It's one of those you miss because you are so wide open. Because I don't know that she was expecting it to get kicked out to her either the way that it played out. So, you know. It was a scramble play, and that's the only reason it was like that. Because, in you know, in the half court, they're face guarding her everywhere she goes. They double team her every time she touches it. But it's a, a turnover scramble, and all of a sudden, everybody forgot about Taylor Robertson and <laughs> the picture of Chris. The picture of Chris in the background with his standing with his arms up as the ball is in midair. That might win me a whatever that might win me a macaroni, TJ. What do you win for photographs? Um, well, I guess I captured it off television, so yeah. I probably can't take credit for that. But I did draw the little yellow arrow. You did draw the little yellow circle around him so I could find him, yeah. Yeah. That's so great. It's good for And something. of course she she drilled it. She she swished it because that's what the greatest women's three-point shooter of all time does got it to overtime and then uh and then OU just kind of raced past him in overtime I think Baylor was shocked tired to say they uh gassed they kind of ran away from him mm-hmm. there in overtime great win now I don't know if they got home or not last night we haven't heard from Plank yet they've had tra- travel issues after the game but those are much easier to endure uh, coming off a win than a loss, Teach. I've done both. Uh, travel issues are the absolute worst if you just got beat. The worst. If you won, everybody's having a good time. You're just laughing about it, you know. Look at this. We can't get home. <laughs> LeBron breaks the uh, all-time scoring record last night. Needed 36. Got it late in the third quarter. And then he kind of hit the wall. He was like, I'm gassed. I, my foot hurts. I'm out of here. I think he scored two more points. Good win for the Thunder on the road, bouncing back from that Golden State loss. Uh, they got a lot of national uh, bragging last night. Uh, the announcers were impressed with them. SGA looked good. And they got one more road game on this West Coast swing at Portland on Friday night, but uh, 133-130, the final in that one. Two other Big 12 men's games tonight in addition to OU. You've got Iowa State at West Virginia at 6, Texas Tech at Oklahoma State at uh, 7 o'clock tonight. Um, And we are one day away now from the start of the softball season. They will head to Los Angeles today with or without Chris Plank. Tomorrow night, Duke at 6, Liberty at 9. I'm sorry, TJ, I think I'm supposed to say Duke at 6, Liberty at 9. Baseball now nine days away. I did did do some baseball brain picking yesterday, TJ. Ooh, whose brain did you pick? I got some, uh, I got some uh, good little, I got some good information. Um, Someone in the know. 
just kind of asking how it was going. You know, I was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. traveling down here and everything. Um, let's see. Uh, I was told Bryce Madrin is the real deal. So that's good because we need him to be. I didn't want him to be the fake deal. The guy that uh, I was told not enough people are talking about is Anthony McKenzie, who I think I brought up yesterday as uh, my pick to hit the first home run. Anthony McKenzie will probably it'll either be Rocco Garza Gongora, which God bless you, Rocco. Rocco, thank you for transferring to OU. What a joy you're going to be this this year. What a name that is. RGG, RG2, Rocco. I don't know where we're going to go. We'll land on something. Uh, Rocco and McKenzie can both play first base, so probably one of them first base, one of them DH. Uh, I think McKenzie can also play third so you've got another option there with Wallace Clark if you want Wallace to catch or whatever the case may be. But Wallace Collins. Um, Rocco, I guess, has a really smooth swing. He was kind of he was compared to me yesterday like a Mark Grace or a Rafael Palmero. Not that he's going to be a Hall of Fame Whoa. player, but wow, <laughs> just from Whoa. a left left-handed smooth swing, right. Uh, and they, me they either also, one of those, yeah. I think they were predicting he will end up testifying in front of a Senate subcommittee. <laughs> well, let's not hope that. No. <laughs> <laughs> one of the interesting things it sounds like there is, you know, the battle for catcher, and that um, Braden Carmichael's brother Easton is certainly uh, has improved since the fall and is in the hunt to be the starter there. Uh, you know, Diego Muniz has been practicing back there quite a bit and is good. And he's got that upper-class leadership. Like, can't you see Diego as the guy who goes out and gets in the face of a pitcher and things like that? Yeah. Like, imagining it now, it just seems like, why hasn't he been the catcher all along? Well, we had a guy named Jimmy Crooks. I know Jimmy was pretty good. Yeah. Um... But you know what I'm saying. Like, it just seems like a natural spot for Diego. He has been a catcher. Like, he's been our emergency catcher the last several years. Mm -hmm. And if you go to practice, he practices there and stuff. Yeah. He's he's played there, too, a game or two, I believe. Yeah, Uh, he got in there uh, late a few times, I think. But, you know, maybe that gets him on the field more this year. Because, you know, you you got KP... Spike and Madrin in the outfield is a little hard to find Diego playing time. So if he is a really good catcher and has the arm and everything to control a running game, from a leadership perspective, you could see it. Like he's got that personality to be a catcher. So I think it's those two. They've been, uh, as Skip told us, they've been working Wallace Clark back there too. But it sounds like maybe Carmichael and Mooney's are a little bit ahead of Wallace right now. Um, Dakota Harris, shortstop. This is the guy that they took from Tennessee. Remember, he had uh, committed to Tennessee and flipped on him to, to OU. Uh, 
outstanding glove, going to be a vacuum, they say, and uh, has hit it maybe a little better than they expected. Uh, be interesting to see if he – I guess he came here as a switch hitter. Might just go right-handed because he's been hitting a lot better right-handed, so we'll see what he does there. But I guess he's an excellent defensive shortstop. And then um, – Let's see, pitching, what did I learn? I think you're, we're definitely going to see Cale Davis on opening day. That's what everybody has suspected, but I think that's definitely going to be the case. I think that, um, you know, the rest of those weekend and midweek starters will kind of work themselves out here the first few weeks. Jamie Hitt is going to get a shot because he's a lefty probably be the Saturday guy uh, right out of the block. And then you got just – you got a bunch of other guys who will kind of battle it out to see who who has earned it, like Braden Carmichael for sure. Braxton Dothit, the Lamar transfer who beat OU here last year, um, he comes from Trevin Michael's school and has some of the same qualities – so I think he's under consideration to potentially be a starter, which he was for Lamar, or potentially be a back into the bullpen type guy. But he'll get a look. Will Karsten, um, several guys I think are going to get a look to be that third starter midweek guy uh, going into the year. I think Aaron Calhoun has been looking really good, who had the big summer in the Cape. Remember, he went to the Cape this summer and tore it up out there, and so I think they think he can help him out in a big way. Um, so, I don't know if I've learned anything else. There's a, there's some a youngsters. Lot. There's some youngsters on the mound that they really think are going to be stars, but they're, they're freshmen. Yeah, so sure. That's a, you never know. Uh, maybe it clicks and they're stars now, and maybe it, it takes a while. Um. So yeah, I guess that's probably what I learned. Huh? Uh, I asked who will be the top home run hitters, and I was told uh, Jackson Nicholas, Bryce Madrin, who we guessed yesterday, uh, Kendall Pettis, Easton Carmichael. So I guess Carmichael's got a little yeah, pop. He's got some power to him, yeah. You know, KP. Was not a home run hitter. That's until, why it surprised me when you said that. But it, I guess he until did, postseason. I was gonna say he did late in the year. Yeah, but he started hitting home runs in the in the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. um, and got hot. So I guess I could see that a little bit. I was thinking back to our conversation about basketball versus you know getting it turned around and everything. We were going into the final series of the year last year, Texas Tech, talking about what does OU have to do to get into the NCAA tournament? Do they need one win? Do they need two wins? Do you think they're already in if they get swept out there? If they do, do they have to win a game in the Big 12 tournament? We were having that conversation on this show going into the final series of the year last year. And... They ended up playing for the national championship, so things can flip. Things there you heard flip. it first, people. Toby's predicting the OU basketball yeah. team will be in the national championship. Game. Well, at, at, come on. 
at least the final four. Okay. I don't know if they'll right, win their final, final four, four game, right. but at least the final four. That's how it works, too. All right. We'll be back. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Riverwind Casino, OKC's number one gaming destination. They bring you the T-Row in the morning show each and every day. They also have the River Buffet, Friday night steak night, Saturday night seafood night, Sunday brunch. Toby loves a good brunch. Assortment of Mexican and Southern comfort foods. Variety of desserts. So, uh, including the It's right there in the middle between a breakfast and a lunch. That's right. So you can go either way on your plate. Ah, I love a good brunch. I haven't had a good brunch in a while. I had brunch uh, Sunday before last when we went to the old Black Bear Diner that I talked about. Oh, that's right. You had a Black Bear Diner brunch. That's right. It was delicious. You know who has a good brunch buffet is uh, the Inner Urban. Is that right? Yeah. I did not know that. Um, lots of texts here, not lots, but there's a few on here, and I know we received some tweets too, really wanting us to talk about this Weatherford and Adarko game, but I don't know what to say about it. It's not like I saw it. I know what I've read about it. One, I mean, the easy thing to say is get a shot clock, but a final score last night of 4-2 to two in boys basketball, mm-hmm. and it sounds like Anadarko just dribbled the ball around the entire game and won 4-2. to two. So I don't know what to say because I didn't watch it. Well, shot clock. I mean, that's what you say there. Um, here's what I read about it last night: that uh, Weatherford is the better team and played a one-three-one zone, and so Anadarko said, "All right, fine. We're just going to hold on to the ball and try to win it." And um. This is not – well, I mean, to that extreme is extreme. But this was a strategy uh, growing up in Indiana that I saw quite a bit uh, where if you were the lesser team with no shot clock, you would just stall and try mm-hmm. to you know shorten the possessions and lessen the number of possessions and, and win a game like this. Now, maybe not four to two, but – there were there were a lot of games that were in the teens or twenties, and it's ridiculous. Uh, I yes, your answer is shot clock. There is an expense that comes with that. That uh, I understand the hesitation at the high school level, but uh, just going to have to be done. Uh, you you can't. I mean, that's not a game. That's not. Nobody could be happy with that. Parents, players, fans, administrators. Uh, that's not a game, you know. That's cowardly of it's a joke of the, of the team that just holds on to the ball and goes for one shot. Let's play basketball. You had kids that signed up to play basketball and to they go to practice, they run, they work on their game, they work on their shot, and you're trying to devise a strategy to get around uh, the system. Now I'm on both coaches here. Because if Weatherford just sat in a 1-3-1 zone and let them do it, then shame on them too. Come out, trap, try to force their hand a little bit, see if you can cause some turnovers. You don't have to just sit there in a zone while one team holds the ball at half court for six minutes. 
and then puts up a shot. That's just that's not basketball. So it's embarrassing. For everybody involved last night, that's embarrassing. And I'm sure this is going to be now a national story and it's going to end up on all of the you know popular blogs out there and everything. And the two coaches should be embarrassed. If I, I'm trying to think if I was a player on that team. I think I'm probably getting kicked off the team or the coach is going to have to bench me because at some point I'm just scoring or I'm trying to. I'm taking a shot. Like I'm not – I'm not just running around with the basketball in a uh, two-to-two game and trying to play for that last shot and win it four-to-two. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, by the way, Weatherford won it four-to-two. Oh, it was Weatherford. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, Anadarko was the one that was kind of the underdog trying to Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I think so probably, too. You you never know. I mean, if you you go into a game as a significant underdog, I think I'd be more antsy if I was on the Weatherford side of it, where I'm the – favorite and we're just sitting in a zone I mean at least this is the way I read it if somebody was there and has a better understanding of what happened let us know but if I'm just sitting there I say man we're risking losing this game by just sitting here and letting them hold the ball on their hip at half court and if you're if you're the significant underdog sometimes you you're all into the man what do we got to do to knock off Goliath here you know um so probably everybody was upset. I bet there were parents yelling. I bet I bet it was ugly. I bet there's meetings today over this and it's just that's just not basketball. So I don't know how many high schools across the United States or how many states have shot clocks at the high school level. I don't know the answer to that. I I bet it's not a lot. Um I could be wrong, but yeah, that's a pretty good example of why you need them. If somebody was there or or has greater knowledge of what happened, please call in. Let us know. 405-329-9000. We've got a purist here. That's how basketball was played 40 to 50 years ago. Have you heard of Four Corners offense? <laughs> yeah. North Carolina, baby. Let's go. It wasn't even four, 40. Well, I guess it I guess it was 40 or 50 years ago now. But, yeah, there were not – I mean, I, I would challenge that texter. Four corners offense and lower scoring games was certainly a part of Dean Smith and what North Carolina did. If they got the lead on you, you were in trouble. Yeah. Because they'd go four corners, no <laughs> shot clock, and they'd work it around. But if you go th- look through the North Carolina record books, uh, I challenge you to find four to two in there. You know? Like lower scoring games, sure – they get up on you, and you're. They will make it hard on you, but not that. And that's why they put a shot clock in, by the way, so they could knock that stuff off. So, like you yeah, said, I'm trapping, I'm pressing, I'm doing whatever I can to. Uh... Here's something that I would argue, even with you, about some of this purist stuff. It's okay to be a purist in whatever you're a purist in: basketball, baseball, football. Uh, welding, carpentry, whatever it is. I don't care. But we have made considerable improvements across the board in the history of mankind. Now, we're not batting a 1,000. There are some things. There are some things, yes. But things do get better, and one of the things that we have improved on is the addition of a shot clock and a three-point line in basketball. That's better. Basketball is better because of those two things. Now, maybe there's some some 
you know, body out there that argues with that, but I think I'm pretty right about this one. Basketball is a better game because of the three-point line and because of the shot clock. There were things that needed corrected with that game. Baseball, they obviously got correct uh, many years ago, and nothing needs to change with that game. Good, adi- good addition of wearing a helmet <laughs> in football, for example, TJ. <laughs> right. Good decision. I guess All so. Right. I guess yeah. so. Break time. I'm live in Waco. We'll talk a little OU Baylor coming up back after this. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. This yet, TJ, but how about that um, hall that I found yesterday in the airport parking lot? Is that where you found it? I mean, you took the picture. Penny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, quite impressive, actually. When, you, when you're finding quarters, yeah. um, I even stopped to pick up a quarter. Penny, dime, nickel, probably maybe leave it there. Big day uh, yesterday. Yeah. 51 cent day yesterday. I hope uh, you washed your hands or used some sanitizer after picking up all these dirty nope. coins off the ground. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Congratulations. You're you're uh, getting closer to that vacation. Yep. Getting closer to it. I'm good at it, too. I'm good at uh, looking around, uh, finding coins. I don't know what to tell you. It's just a gift. Um, reminded me, we were on the plane. I'm sitting by Kevin. I'm by the window. He's on the aisle and just two seats there. We're not right. We're right next to each other. And I am, what was I looking at? I I guess I was looking at my phone. I don't know what else it would have been, but the flight attendant was trying to get my attention to ask me if I wanted some, you know, something to drink. And so Kev, and I didn't realize she was there. And so Kev taps me, you know, elbows me, and oh, I look up, and I, you know, I'll take he's a like, water. He's whatever. like your travel wife. He's always having to, like, do things for you like this. And, yeah, and so I did, and he's looking at me. He's like, how did you not see her there? And I was like, man, I'm focused when I, – I, I'm laser focused on whatever I'm doing. It's like uh, he's convinced that I was intentionally snubbing Mike Boynton for the pregame fist bump uh, at Bedlam the other night. Hang on, I'm going to cough. Oh, he's coughing, people. Hold on. All right, I'm back. Um, so I told you this story, right? How yes. Boynton goes mm-hmm. up and down the scorer's table, and I was looking down, reading a card or, or my starting lineups or whatever I was doing, and I didn't see him there. And Kevin nudged me, and so I looked up, and I, I fist-bumped him. And Kevin maintains that I was intentionally snubbing Mike Boynton, that I knew he was coming, and I looked down to avoid the pregame fist bump. And he keeps arguing with me over this. I was like, why would I do that? Why would I intentionally avoid? I was just re- I was just focused on what I was doing. I didn't know he was there. He was like, well, he was walking toward us. Well, I didn't see him walking toward us. I didn't know. One, that never happens. No other coach does that. No other coach so goes up and down. It wasn't like you were anticipating it or anything. Fist bumping the visiting radio crew. You know, that's weird for one thing. But he does the whole table. Home visitors, scorers, bookkeepers, replay guys, everybody. He goes up and down. So he's the only coach that does anything like this. 
And I guess Kev looks forward to it. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe he was looking forward to seeing Mike point. So he's watching for him. I'm not. I don't care. Like a dog I'm, waiting to get petted on the head. <laughs> Tell me I'm a good boy. I get. I don't know. But he, anyway, we were arguing over that on the plane yesterday. He was like, T-Ro, you know, you know, you know. Smile at me if you were intentionally. I was like, I wasn't. Why would I do that? I'm a 50-year-old man. Why would I look down and intentionally avoid fist-bumping a coach? But anyway. <laughs> now You're right. We are husband and wife when we travel. Now, you did tell me off the air you did it on purpose, and you love driving yeah, I Kevin absolutely crazy. absolutely did it on it. purpose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. 100%. <laughs> Honey, uh, she's trying to take your order. Look up. You want a water? What do you want? A juice? Cranberry juice? That is becoming... I am becoming more and more like that. Like, I am having to have either my wife or Kevin or whoever I'm with nudge me more at this point in my life (laughs) (laughs) about whatever, you know, whether it's a waitress or pay attention. Something's going on. You need to be paying attention to. So, yeah. Going into old age is fun, isn't it, Teach? I know, we're not in yeah. middle age. How about that? Middle, it's a blast. Sometimes we make some it's of our blast. elderly listeners angry when we talk about old age and we're 49. Uh, I, we're, I know. We're middle age. But I did spend a good 40 minutes on the phone with my mother yesterday, which I, I text Katie afterwards and I said, I, we just went through this. Like I, I'm having the same conversation that you had with your mother. Uh, apparently she ran nurses out of her room yesterday. It was a, quite the day at the hospital yesterday, apparently, so. What's going to happen tonight, Teach? How you feeling? Um, hey, you got nothing to lose. Just go out there and let it fly. Let it rip. Three, two, one, let her fly. Um, <laughs> not great. You can't be feeling huh. great if you're an OU uh, a fan or you're pulling for uh, Oklahoma in this. So they haven't played good basketball since that Alabama game. But you've seen the Alabama game. Mm-hmm. They played uh they played you a close game, tight game, game with uh with Baylor in Norman. Yeah. Uh took an incredible three point shot and some plays there at the end that Baylor closed the game. OU just couldn't close the game. Um so it's a winnable game, hmm. but I wouldn't I wouldn't pick Oklahoma. I'll I'll pick uh, Baylor if you're asking. That's what the gut's telling me. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. I'm going uh Baylor by Oh, five or six tonight. You know, the Big 12 yeah. has been so weird all year, and we've talked about it a right. lot. Like, m- beginning of the year, all these close, tight, down to the every wire, game. every right. game, two min- last two minutes, it's just dramatic. And now you're starting to see these teams that even blowouts. in blowouts, like last night, that was expected to be a good game. And, and it was a close game for a good portion of it, you know. Uh, K-State kept them like six, seven points, and then right before half, TCU went on a great run, and you're like, okay, here we go. This is going to be a great second half. And then, again, K-State got out to about six, seven, eight points, kind of kept it there, and then all of a sudden just, bam, put it on them and and ended up winning by, you know, 20 points last night. So you've started to see a lot more blowouts suddenly in the conference, even with good matchups. Iowa State blew out Kansas. Right. Yeah, I think there were two close games of the five on Saturday. Yeah, what's going on there? How do you explain that? I can't. That's what I'm saying. The conference has been really weird this year. What was OU's last close game? Um, let me see here. Pull up their schedule. It would here. be before TCU. Who did they play before TCU? Uh, was it OSU? 
no, 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 no. It was uh, the Baylor. That was the Baylor loss. Was, oh, okay. Sixty-two, uh, sixty, and that. So one. that's the last close game. Um, uh, yes. They played four straight, and then the West Virginia before that at home was the one point OU yeah. win. Yeah, they were all close there for a while. They all went to the final shot, right? And then now we've had four straight blowouts, right? Is it four straight? Yes. That's correct. Um, yeah, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Alabama in a positive way, TCU, and then the close one with Baylor. I yeah. think you've got to say it like Michael Cage would say it. One time we were the windshield, three times we were the bug. Okay. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> yes. I love that. But, no, it, it's right. conference-wide now and, and in good matchups. Last night I expected a close game, and right. it, it, it was So wasn't. you're predicting a close game tonight, then? I think it'll be a closer game than what last night's uh, TCU-K-State game was, sure. I mean, the problem's this. Here's the problem. I, play, I pay closer attention than you do to things like this. Baylor's playing good basketball. Oklahoma is not playing good basketball. That's, that's why I'm picking Baylor, yes. <laughs> I'm an insider. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I've also, and you have too, watched enough college sports to know it, it doesn't take much to flip. And you just got to hope it happens, right? I mean, I think there are some out there, maybe the majority, who have given up who this last two weeks has just done them in. This team is terrible, and I'm not watching anymore, and I got no hope. And maybe they're right. Maybe maybe we are headed in a downward spiral that is irreversible. Irreversible? Unreversible? Unreversible. Non-reversible? That can't be reversed. But maybe not, and... Because you have seen some of the excellent games they've played this year, you know they're capable. And if that could be tapped back into, maybe it is reversible. And they could do what they did last year, which is get hot late and give themselves a chance. Mm -hmm. A night like tonight, you go into it thinking, all right, figure out a way, figure out a way tonight, and this is the kind of win that could maybe catapult you in the right direction. But golly, it's going to be tough because Baylor's playing good ball. They got Chumwa Chachua back. I mean, the two things for me, I, I said it earlier, you have to f- guard the three and defensive rebound. And if you can limit the offensive rebounds tonight. They haven't been good at that against anybody. No. Terrible at it. I think, did Baylor get 17? You it, can tell I haven't done my preparation yet for tonight. I think Baylor had like 17 rebounds. It was a lot rebounds. in that game, yeah. It was a, it was a ton of It's got to be single digits tonight. And preferably, I'm going to say seven or less to have a chance. Offensive rebounds. That's asking for a lot. Ooh, I don't know if they can do that again. I don't Baylor. know if they can either. But to win, they're going to have to do an extraordinary job of limiting Baylor to one shot. Mm -hmm. Because Baylor will take bad shots. They love to shoot the three. They get a little uh, jealous of each other from time to time. Well, you just had a shot. It's my turn for a shot. They'll do that with each other. And if you can limit them to one shot, you give yourself a chance. 
And you've also got to guard the three. I mean, they want to shoot threes. Uh, George, Cryer, Flagler, all of them want to shoot threes. And you got to just – you can't ha- let them have one of those big nights. And fortunately, that has been a strength of Oklahoma this year. I think they're still number one in the Big 12 in defending the three-point line. So, But those are the two most important things. And number one is keeping them off the offensive glass. Vegas does not agree with me that it'll be a close game. They what also is, agree. The spread? They also agree Baylor will win, but Baylor favored by nine and a half. That sounds about right. I mean, I would have said six, six and a half. So it's a few more than I thought. But the West Virginia game is fresh. Mm-hmm, it is, and Baylor's better than West Virginia. So I can see why uh, why the line is what it is. Uh, I will be fascinated to see. If there are any changes tonight, more changes tonight, either lineup-wise or strategy-wise, because it feels like you got to keep you know searching for the answer and you can't just keep beating your head against the wall. So, all right, we'll see. I, I do want to play some post-game Jenny Baranchek coming up. Uh, what a win last night for the ladies down here. Incredible comeback. I'm in Waco. We'll be back. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. The T-Row in the Morning Show. By the way, my read before I turn on my mic, much better. Brought to you by <laughs> Riverwind Casino, OKC's number one gaming destination. I'll figure out this board sooner or later. Um, just had a call off the air. I know we've had a couple of texts. We kind of jokingly hit on it. I think in the first segment today, um, people wanting your opinions on the tweet sent out yesterday about Porter. And I said, I don't know if he really wants to get into it or speculate, but I'll give you, I'll let you speak for yourself on your thoughts on the tweet that was sent out of the Notre Dame situation yesterday. Um, are you talking about the one that said that there is interest on both sides? Both sides, and that okay. Porter has been pushing for it. Yeah, the at coaching changes. I think was the account. I don't have any. Um, I don't have any um, personal knowledge of that. He and I have not discussed that. Um, I am within earshot of the team meeting room, uh, but I'm trying to think if there's. So I would, I guess, not be surprised by that report. I think it makes sense. I think we've said as much when Mm -hmm. the Notre Dame job first came open, maybe even before anybody else speculated, um, just because of the Loyola-Chicago ties, the uh, upper Midwest, um all of that kind of stuff, that that would make a lot of sense that they would have interest in him and that potentially he would have interest in them. So I think my gut tells me that is probably true. I think that it is – it's a tough sell maybe right now if you're Notre Dame unless they can close this season strong. Maybe they don't care about that. Maybe – um, what he did at uh, Loyola and the Final Four and the Sweet 16 and the 
you know, he's a big figure up in that part of the country. He's throwing out first pitches at Cubs games right. and all that kind of stuff. Maybe that uh, overcomes anything that happens at Oklahoma. I think it would go down easier if he would get him to the NCAA tournament this year. But whether Notre Dame cares about that or not, I don't know. But it makes a lot of sense why they would be interested in him. And it makes a lot of sense why he would be interested in them. And you say, well, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, basketball programs, yada, yada, yada. You can have that argument about which is better job and and conferences and all that kind of stuff. But I think you've got to geographically understand the man too, right? Like I would probably be out of place in some parts of the country, whereas I feel at home – in the heartland and in Oklahoma, and it's just it's just comfort level. I, I'm not telling you Porter feels out of place here at all, but I do know how much he loves Chicago and Portillas and the Cubs and all these things that we've always talked about. So I would say my guess is that there's quite a bit of smoke and there's probably some fire to go with that. And it will be really inter- interesting to follow that story going forward. Yeah, interesting to see if Notre Dame, too, is willing to step up and pay a basketball coach a lot more than what they typically do and pay a buyout. So, I mean, all that plays into it as well, has, the financial I don't side. know the answer to that. Has that has the buyout part been reported? I've heard $6 million. Um, yeah. I've heard some people float that out there, but, uh, you know, whether that's accurate or not, I'm not 100% sure, but that's the number I've heard. It, it, I would say that it also could be that Porter – the competitor that he is is ticked off that in a year and three fourths now he has not been able to get this thing where he wants it and he may stay to because he's irritated oh yeah like, absolutely. like just set i'm gonna dig in and prove that i can do this mm-hmm. here and i don't want to have a bad mark on my resume and oklahoma is a great job and they're about to go to the sec and all that kind of stuff so I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he would leave if offered, but I can totally see why there would be interest there on both sides. Top of the hour break. We'll be back.